right, if they use Draymond Green and then they use Clay Thompson and they use Harrison Barnes and they use, uh, you know, Sean Livingston and then they use Andre Gudala, if they use all of them, or if they double team and and try to get the ball out of his hands, I guess it depends on how healthy Kyrie Irving is. The strategy of Kerr, yeah. So there's a lot of chess going on here. And I have a funny feeling that both teams, and we said this in our preview, that both teams are going to win on the other team's court. So I don't know that home field, home court advantage is huge in this series. I think maybe in a game seven you'd love to have home home court, but I don't think it makes that big a difference. This game, game one, I think everybody's nervous. LeBron is the only one, and James Jones, I guess, are the only ones with any real experience in the finals. And, and I don't, they've got plenty of I don't of think it. they're nervous. I think they're ready. No, no, I they're think LeBron ready. is uh, chomping at the bit. But everybody else is nervous. I think everybody else is nervous. Oh, they'd have to be. No, they'd have so, to be. And you know what? Your boy is coming back, Mo Spates. And we haven't yes, spoken about him in a while, but I think that's, Warriors. that is very big because of the fact that Maurice can score more than um, Bogut. He'll hit that 12 to 15 footer and he'll take it. And so that'll be interesting in terms of Draymond Green getting on a glass and Warriors getting second shots and pulling Tim O'Fay, your guy, off, off you know, outside a little bit. That's my boy. You know? So I mean, <clears throat> to make a long story short, in game one, I feel like role players play better at home and I feel that the Warriors' depth, and I feel that Clay Thompson is back. I think he's going to shake it off. Maybe he'll have a, a, a slow first quarter, but he'll shake off that concussion. I don't know that the role players on the Cavs are going to play as well on the road. He's going to Taylor Swift it and shake it off. <laughs> I do believe that the Golden State Warriors take game one of this series. And like you, I think it's going deep. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be full seven game series. But I think the Warriors, Golden State Warriors, take game Come one. Out to play. I, I think they force LeBron to shoot. I think LeBron wants to be a, a, a passer and a creator. But I think that they they force him to shoot. I think Kyrie, if he's he's been off for a week, and then even before that he was off and on. So I think Kyrie is an off game. I think LeBron is a volume shooter, but he doesn't shoot that well. So maybe he's, uh, I don't know, 8 for 19, and he scores 20, 22 points, and he just has an off game, and they catch him. I don't want to say they they sneak a win. I mean, they're the best team in the league. They had 67 wins. So they hold home turf, home court, and they win game one. I'll call it 101-93. Hmm. Now that's interesting. And I feel totally opposite. I think as the series goes on, Kyrie will get worse and worse just because he's never going to get healthy in this short time. So I think games one and two, maybe three, are his best chances to really excel. I think LeBron won't care about double teams. I think he'll use that as an advantage to hit uh, our boy Della Vadova and J.R. Smith for shots. The question is, will Shumpert step up and hit some threes? I think J.R. is actually going to give you about 17, 18 points with a couple, at least four threes. And the thing that will be interesting to me 
will the Warriors' bench scoring be able to outdo Cleveland's bench scoring? And so I don't know where Iguodala and David Lee and Livingston and Barbosa well, now where they get Spates, their points. Like you said. And and Mo Spates where they get their points from. I could see Mo coming in and getting eight and eight easily. Um, but I, I just feel LeBron will give you. He's going to give you twenty-seven, seven and seven. I think he's going to have one of those nights, and I think he. I think they're going to switch their strategies and split in Golden State, but I, I really think the Cavs will win tonight. I, I like. Uh, hmm. I like one hundred two to ninety-six. So close game, but, but you like the Cavs. I think Kyrie. I look for Kyrie to score about twenty tonight. I really do. I, as good as Curry is, I don't think he's the greatest defender. And I've seen no, cats no, go at he's him. He's one of those quick hands, get some steals. <laughs> yeah. But he's not an on. He's the a ball. risk taker, which is why he gets the steals. But on the ball defender, Iverson, Chris Paul, others, yeah, other guys have taken him. And um, I, what would be interesting though, I could see Hard, um, LeBron playing a little bit like James Harden in terms of LeBron is going to get to the free throw line tonight. I think he's going to see that that is very important, and he's going to punish these smaller guys on him because they're all smaller. Barnes, Draymond Green, Dollar, they're all smaller. So LeBron is going to play very physical, very physical. I think, um, like you said, they're going to put four or five different guys on him. They might even try even a David Lee or, you know, or like I said, a little two-in-one or box-in-one zone. Um, because I think that they're going to have to use that physical advantage. LeBron will use the physical physical advantage, and I think Golden State is going to have to use a lot of fouls. I really do. So I think LeBron will be able to, um, you know, live at the free throw line to get a lot of his points. But I tell you this: if that jumper ever gets going, Ray, Golden State could be in trouble if LeBron can get his jumper going because, you know, shooting, what, 17% is not uh, – that's not the way to <laughs> to really, really, no, you know, make things happen. You know, but uh, this is – look, this is going to be fun. It's going to be a classic. Um, we're split on game one, but we agree on the series itself. I wanted to um, ask you this. If – Someone besides Curry and LeBron won the MVP, depending on, you know, either one of those teams winning the series. Who would you put your money on? Would it be the obvious of Clay or Kyrie, or would you go a little bit deeper to the third or fourth or fifth best players? So if a Cavs victory means that – if the Cavs win, it means that – LeBron was great, but he also facilitated. So I don't think Kyrie Irving is healthy enough to give you six or seven really good games. So to me, that player on the Cavs, who's that third option on the Cavs? I mean, he doesn't score enough, but but it might be be J.R. Smith or Tristan Thompson. If Tristan Thompson... Uh, goes for like 15 and 14, you know, and and plays great defense and neutralizes some of the front court of Golden State. I think that's my guy. 
And then on the other side, on the Golden State side, I look at my guy from last year, my main man, Kawhi Leonard, and I would say the closest thing to Kawhi Leonard is Draymond Green. So if Draymond Green can figure out how to score, because you know he can defend and you know he can make all the hustle plays, he would be a guy that if Steph were neutralized, and let's say Steph only averaged only, quote-unquote, only averaged 19 or 20, and Klay Thompson averaged 16 or 17, but Draymond Green guarded LeBron, and was able to average, you know, 16 points, 11 rebounds, and, and seven or eight assists, then he could find himself winning an MVP. I, they typically give it to the high scorer, though, of the winning team. So it's hard to not go with, uh, you know, the big four, you know, the two, the, the two right. scorers on each team. But if I had to look deep, I would say Tristan Thompson or Draymond Green. Ironically, they play each other. They play the same position. Yeah, you know, I tell you this, Golden State could really have a huge advantage in this series if Barnes and Green are hitting the outside shots and scoring. I mean, it could get really I don't want to say embarrassing, but it could get it could get bad for Cleveland. I'm not necessarily thinking that that will happen because I think Cleveland is is but really I think locked can get in. Blown out. Cleveland could get blown out of a game. I don't think they'll get blown out of a series, but I could see Cleveland losing a game, one twenty-five to ninety. Just no, no, yeah, that's Golden that's State exactly what I'm saying. So well, and Cleveland didn't, and Cleveland was pressing, and and LeBron was pressing, and LeBron and, and Cleveland shooters aren't pure like the Golden State shooters, so I could see that happening. Well, especially because Draymond, I mean, you know, there's been times where he has had the hot hand. And, you know, he's done well from the three-point line. So, I mean, the funny thing is about the Warriors, like you said, they can be down 30 and then they're out of the game. But that's the thing. When they do go on those runs and they're scoring and everybody's shooting and hitting threes, you're like, wow. You know what I mean? It, it is it is explosive. And it's um, it could be very, very dangerous. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll like to see how, the, you know, the coaches do. You know, I think the biggest adjustments are usually when the series goes – you know, game three, and then obviously game five when you're switching courts and you're going back and forth to each other's home court. Those are, um, you know, when things get, you know, major, major switches or teams feel like they've got to, you know, make that adjustment at home or on the road. So to me, that's going to be, you know, really, really fun to see how, like, that stuff, you know, plays out. But staying with the NBA, Ray, I want to I want to ask you some interesting things have have just gone on your boy some guys are opting out right they figure they want to jump into free agency and one of them is Jameer Nelson from the Nuggets you know a veteran point guard somebody could use him maybe maybe someone like the Knicks or another team um but LaMarcus Aldridge just put his house on the market in Portland what does that tell you It's so funny how the real <laughs> estate agents are now <laughs> getting loose uh, to the press they're getting a Zillow and, and checking out who's putting their stuff on the market, and then they're drawing all kind of conclusions from that. Yeah, I, I mean. So, I, but 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 even before we knew that, we kind of felt, at least I did, it felt in my heart that he was leaving. Didn't you feel that way? Didn't you feel that he was either no, going to Texas be, or just test free agency? To be honest with you, I think both of them are gone. I think Wes Matthews. And LaMarcus Aldridge are gone. 
and and you know that to me that's going to be really bad well that means they're going to rebuild again and so Dame Lillard just went from having a nice running partner to now having to shoulder a lot of that team and depending on who they replaced him with but that team goes from being a you know a Four, five, six team in the West. So now they may not even make the playoffs, if uh, depending on what they what they do in free agency. Well, you know, they, there's guys out there that they could you know sign back. This is the interesting thing. Have you heard that Greg Monroe is really maybe interested in going to the Knicks? So that's going to be kind of fascinating too. You um, know? I like Greg Monroe a lot. But it's, he's going to want max money, so we're, he and Carmelo will be our two max out players. You know, sometimes I wonder could could we could we pull off a Wes Matthews coming off injury without the max and a Lamarcus or a Wes and Greg Monroe? That wouldn't be that bad. Well, here's the thing: Can you win an NBA title or even compete for an NBA title? if Carmelo is your best player? So that's question number one. And then question number two is, let's say in a year or two, is Carmelo still your number one best player, or does LaMarcus Aldridge pretty much, you know, that first season or that second season take over and it becomes his team? Well, that's what I would like. If we sign LaMarcus, to me, I would I would like them to be, you know, 1A, 1B. Like, to me, I, I don't have a problem – with Melo and LaMarcus together. And even Monroe, because Monroe is a 4-5. I think in the East he could even get away with some 5. I think it was too clunky for him and Drummond in Detroit. Do you know what I mean? And I think he can get away with playing, you know, next to a Jason Smith or Cole Aldridge or, or whatever, you know. I mean, just another guy that's real physical to, you know, be the goon for the, the big post scorer. But, uh, you know, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that all plays out. I think free agency is going to be fascinating. I think you're going to see a lot of trades. You know, out here in Phoenix, you know, they just had Trey Lyles, Kaminsky, Bobby Portis, and um, I think Devin Booker in to uh, work out for the Suns. The Knicks have been talking a lot about Trey Lyles. Uh, Frank Isola had a big article about that. So, you know, to me at four, I feel like the Knicks should trade down. And if somebody wants to trade up to get a Trey Lyles, I would do it. Do you think – I think Trey Lyles is too high for four. I mean, to me, I just – I don't see that yet. Last week he was going 15 to 20. So suddenly he I, jumps that's, up. That's what I'm – oh, yeah, man. They so had a whole thing about him. you don't him. have enough footage on these Kentucky the kids. History, you just yeah. haven't seen them enough minutes. I mean – not only are they freshmen, but they freshmen, they're freshmen who play 20, 25 minutes. So you don't really know. I mean, him and Booker, even Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, we think he's a yeah. top two prospect, but we, yeah, you uh, could do all those projections, but you just, you're minutes. right, you just don't know. See, and I think that's why I think honestly, people are underestimating Kaminsky. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he's going to be a very good player, very productive. Because his skill set translates, you know, these stretch fours or even a pull-out five. I mean, he's more of a four. But to me, I think he can score in the NBA, and I think he, 
he plays rough enough and aggressive enough that he'll be able to stay on the court. Now, he's not going to be able to bang with some of the big boys, but I just don't think it's that NBA anymore. I think we have to be realistic to what this NBA is, which is why I still believe, and I know you like the big guys, and I love them too, but I I could see the Lakers taking D'Angelo Russell because I just think that he is special and I don't know, you know, to me, if you're building the NBA game and team around two post-up players like Okafor and Randall or Towns and Randall for the Lakers, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's going to be fascinating, and um, I, I'm just fascinated to see how, you know, all that plays out and stuff, you know, with, with, with these guys. And, you know, this is not a major free agency, but it's going to be a decent one. Obviously, next year is the, the big year where everybody's there, you know. I mean, LeBron and Kevin Love, you got to believe he's going to re-up for one year, and Durant, and, you know, there's so many guys. But let me ask you this. How do you view – there's very few point guards. How do you view the value, and how do you really judge a Rajon Rondo? What is he worth, and would you sign him, whether you're Knicks, Lakers, whatever? I tell you what, I'm very – conflicted on Rajon Rondo because up until this year I kept saying do whatever you take do whatever you need to to get this guy he's you know they called it the big three it wasn't the big three it was a big four he was just as much a part of those Celtics you know success going to the finals game seven losing and going to the finals and winning against the Lakers both times and if Kendrick Perkins doesn't go down maybe they win two titles uh, yeah. They had to get, get through LeBron in the East and then, and then the Lakers in the West. That yeah, no, he was great. Is was great, and and when he's engaged, he was and he's a smart kid though. That's the thing that that kills you. So off the court and, and on the court, he's a smart kid. So now you've got a situation where he just checked out. Now he didn't check out. With all due respect to Andrew Wiggins and all these guys in Minnesota, he didn't check out on the Timberwolves. He checked out in a playoff game and on a team that's in the playoffs. It's one thing to have some spats with your coach during the regular season. You know, you're playing me too many minutes. Figure it out. Whatever. You know what? We're all grown-ups, and and that stuff happens. But in a playoff game, he had that eight-second violation. He was was just checked out. And I'm thinking – you know how hard it is to get to the playoffs. You know how hard it is to win playoff games. And and if I'm Dallas, now I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're playing Houston. Houston isn't isn't world beaters, right? I mean, they ended up going to the finals, but you had every right to to think you could beat them. And it was early. In, it was at game one or game two. And and granted, you had uh, your boy Chandler Parsons go down, but you still had Dirk Nowitzki. You still had Monte Ellis. You know, you you still had a chance to win this series. I, I, I'm a little worried when when you start talking about a smart kid like that to mentally check out. I don't you know, know. it have to be the perfect situation. I one, I've lost trust for him, and I don't think after the injury he is the defender that he was. So I wouldn't throw that in, you know. Well, that's how it started, of, right? Because they had high defense, high expectation for him for his impact on defense, a la Tyson Chandler when he came to the Knicks and even when he came back to, to Dallas. And he let yeah. them down on defense. And he even admitted, he's like, oh, I'm not playing as hard as I used to. I I don't know if 
L.A. is the only place he could go. Evidently, he's got a relationship with Kobe, and he has one with Melo. Um, but, I, you know, to me, you'd have to know that he's completely buying in. Do you know what I mean? And I don't want him to buy in because he's getting overpaid. I want him to buy in because he's like, I want to play with this team, and I think I can win here. And then if he's at his best mentally, then I think you'd get a very solid point guard, right? You know, sort of like how – and we'll talk about the NFL and off the field, but with these quarterbacks, you know, so there's nine guys at 100 million after Luck and Wilson, there'll be 11 guys. But if you've got a, a, a pretty decent one, there's only like 15 to 18 that are like good or better. You, you've got to keep them. You've got to sign them. And Rondo would be in that in terms of this golden age of point guards. He'd be in the top 15, whatever number we'd rank him. You know, he's definitely not top five or seven anymore, but he'd be in that top 10 or whatever. But to me, you know, he'd have to be completely bought in. I mean, I'd have to have some sort of guarantee that I'm not getting the sort of crazy Rondo, <laughs> you know. The checked out Rondo. Help yeah, Rondo. I need. Help, help me, Rondo. Please, man, listen. You know, and, and it's a shame because when you've got superior talent, your your effort and your mental, you know, whether you're you're locked in, that should never be a question when you're that good. You know what I mean? And and this is someone with a ring and someone who obviously wants big money. Well, if you want $20 million a year or $15 million a year, and I think that's the problem, right? With this cap getting ready to go up next season, I think some guys are, over, are going to overvalue themselves, and I guarantee you some GMs are going to destroy their franchises and – overpay for lesser talent. And we saw it, you know, in the last 10 years how it happened, you know, with all these explosions. But this time the cap is going to get ridiculous, and I don't know if teams are going to be able to control themselves. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. If if you're a player or two away from a title, do you talk to Rondo and you sign him to a one-year deal? You're like, look, the cap's going to go up. And maybe it's with us. Maybe it's with somebody else. You'll get your. Oh, give me that team. It, give me that example. Which team would it be? Who needs a point guard that's very close to a chip, besides the Mavericks? I guess the Rockets. Could the Rockets say to Rondo, uh, yeah. "I think Beverly's a free agent." You know, know whatever. They, any, they don't have any room, though. That's the thing. They don't have. A, I mean, Rondo would still want ten, twelve million or something like that. But <laughs> Rockets yeah. would be very, very interesting. What about? This sounds a little crazy. You might you might think I'm crazy. But what about? Uh-uh. Oh yeah. What about the New Orleans Pelicans with uh, you know Drew Holiday Pelicans Yeah. How, what about what about here's this? What about the Oklahoma City Thunder? What about if you well, I thought about Westbrook at the two to the two, Woo! and you told them, all right, we'll take some of the ball handling duties mm-hmm. away from you. And you can just go out there and be a wing scorer and facilitate. I, I kind of feel like Russell. Can, I don't know if he would function as a two. I think he, he has to be ball. that. He likes holding that the ball, lead yeah. guard. Yeah, I, I. They would be deadly though. Oof. You know, that would be. I mean, because Rondo would make shots so much easier for Westbrook and Durant. Because we both feel that sometimes the problem with the two of them, without Harden, that they've had a high difficulty on their shots and sometimes so many jumpers. But Westbrook now, it's almost like he's gotten to a level where he's unguardable so he can get almost any shot that he wants. 
but sometimes he still takes bad shots. So maybe a Rondo would be good to sort of cool that, cool it now, you got to cool it now. You know, he might cool it down for them and be like, just chill out, I'm going to get you your shots. You know, because Rondo doesn't need to shoot. And that's the, that's the great thing about him. He is very selfless in that sense. He's not a selfish player. He will, you know, he'll shoot twice in a game. You know, he'll just, like, get three steals, and a block, and, yeah. and 11 assists, and you win, yeah. I mean, that's that's the one thing you loved, and Ray Allen and Garnett and Pierce. You're not playing for a championship on this team, but what about the Miami Heat? If they were to get Dwayne Wade back, figure out how to do that. They're going to keep Goran Dragic, though. They like they like Goran. That Goran and Zoran show in Miami, I think that's going to continue. You like continue. that? Okay. I think, yeah, they're going you know, to be on South Beach. Hi, it's Goran. Hi, it's Zoran. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah, I think that's a lock. They're staying in South Beach. Hey, but quiet is kept. They, they're going to have a very good team. If everybody comes back with Whiteside and a healthy Bosch, they re-sign uh, Dang, keep Wade, and Goran Dragic with the, with the bench, McRo- healthy McRoberts. You better, the Heat better, you know, you better watch out for the Heat next year. Here's another team. It's not sexy, but. Pacers? The Indiana Pacers. I was about to say, Paul George comes back mm. healthy for a full season, a training camp in a full season. Rajon Rondo, they've always had issues with the point, you know, ever since Jamal They have to keep Pinley. West. <laughs> so if they were able to keep, keep West, keep, obviously they, they, they signed Paul George. Uh, you know, George Hill and that point guard rotation is just, you know, it's good, but but it's could yeah. Use an they can they can not re-sign Stucky. He's a free agent. He could go somewhere else and play. I gotta say, I've never been high on him, but he had one productive season for the Pacers. Your boy Rodney Stucky, he was good for them. He really was. Now they stepped it up when George Hill came back, but Stucky was holding it down that they were even in contention to make the playoffs. You know. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. Give them credit for sure. So before so we get to, will the, to the, we'll have his suitors. I think I think it'll be a money oh, thing, yeah. and maybe he has to earn it. Maybe they they uh, they go football style on him. Basketball, you usually don't see this, but but this salary cap going up this much this soon, and everybody knowing it, maybe is the perfect storm to get him on a one year contract. I mean, shoot, I'll take him in New York. Uh, I don't know if he'd want to come to New York, but I'll take him in New York. Oh, if we had him for one year and got Lamarcus Aldridge with our number four pick, ooh, Let's I would. Li- I'd, li- I'd like. I'd like to see that. Let's I would go. definitely Playing like to see that. Playing for a point guard who knows how to play mind games, and 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 if Derek's mind games don't work, then the Zen Masters mind games might work. So yeah. How would you like we... to see Dwayne Wade? How would you like to see D Wade on the next? Oh, don't talk dirty to me. Don't talk dirty to me. No, oh, I'm I will just say saying this. it's possible. I will say D-Wade this. D-Wade and Monroe? If Dwayne Wade is, is still got it. But remember that we've seen. Now, we got Carmelo Anthony. I'll, I'll say that we have Carmelo Anthony's prime, and we also have Allen Houston in his prime. So those two, I'll, I'll give Knicks management credit. Maybe Steph Mar- Stephon Marbury was still in his prime. He just something happened to him. But think about yeah, he had a few the guys years. that we've gotten after their prime, right? The Rolando Blackmans of the world, and the Kiki, <laughs> Kiki Vandewins Vandewins of the world, and oh. Xavier McDaniels of the world, and all these yeah. people that we got in free agent, you know, past their Paul prime. Paul Westfall. Steve Francis. I mean, 
all of these guys, we need a guy in his prime, and that's not Dwayne Wade. And Dwayne Wade is a first ballot Hall of Famer, third best shooting guard in the NBA. But he's history. a smart wait, but he's a smart veteran who still in spurts can dominate for a little minute. And I think with Melo, and then if you got somebody else at the four, that'd be nice. Yeah, look, if you bring me Aldridge too, of course I'd like Wade, yeah. but I, I don't want Wade at the expense of a young stud. You know what I mean? I don't want to. No, 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 definitely not. Wade would take a little bit less. I think he'd have to take a bit less. Let's let's talk off the field a little bit with some with some football stuff. So you know, Cam got his deal, wound up being 104 million. You you want other, you're going to see if Von Miller and other guys from that draft class, if they eventually get paid. Um, AP, as they call him, AD, Adrian Peterson, came back to camp for OTAs, looking good. Um, You know, it just seems as if right now a couple teams are really going to have, two teams in general, the Vikings and the Bills, I think they're two teams that could really have a shot at making a playoffs and, you know, obviously the Bills haven't been there since, what, 99? And the Vikings were just two years ago when Adrian Peterson ran all over the Vikings, uh, the Packers, to get in. But it'd be kind of interesting to see, so, you know, just these great running backs, if they can uh, take these teams to the playoffs with uh, young quarterbacks. I don't know what the Bills are going to do with quarterback. It's yeah, guy, I'm that's sure my it's be Castle, The Bills, but, the Bills yeah. are playing in the AFC East. And while they have potential and that defense and 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 that defensive Oof. coach in Rex Ryan, you know it's all That's about that's a fantasy the defense, defense Ray, that you got to exactly. get right there. The defense will be there. The problem is going to be on offense and what they do at the running back position. You know maybe they've they've addressed that. Obviously that that, that that's all about just staying healthy. But the quarterback is so important and and. I don't know. You got to pay the bill. You got to pay the the Dolphins twice, the Jets twice, and the Patriots twice. And that's before you even get into your. It's going to be a you know, good division this game. year. Great division, great division. I mean, they may beat yeah. up on each other. Everybody might be eight and eight, nine and seven. Yeah, no, you're very right about that. It's going to be. It'll be fun. It'll be fun to see how the football season plays out. Now, this one's warm to your heart. We've got to talk about the French Open. Number one, Serena guts it out. She gets through. She's in the final. But can we just talk about what the Joker did to Nadal? Wiped him off the court. That was only Three his sets. second loss at Roland Garros. Yes. What was he? Now he's 70-2? and two? And he had won like 39 or 38 straight, it, it something crazy ridiculous. straight? I mean, what did you think? I mean, what was it, 7-5, 6-3, 6-1? I mean, that's... Nadal, and this is his court. He plays the best on clay, but not anymore. I mean, the Joker, Djokovic is just. I wonder how long he'll be able to dominate Djokovic. You know, and can he do it on all the surfaces? Well, he's got that booming serve, and he was a hard yeah. court specialist. So mm-hmm. you know, he's good at the Australian Open and the U.S. Open. So Wimbledon. Right. Is this thing now too? And if he can do this, the French Open. I mean, this guy's as good as it gets, and he's tall and he's lean. He's got that sir. I, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would think that he won the Australian, right? He won the Australian yeah. this year, right? So he could go for a Grand Slam. He could. He's got all the tools, and you know what? It's his time in the sun. 
just like it was Sampras's time, just like it was Federer's time, Federer, just like it was Nadal, you know yeah. Nadal's time. It's his time. He's young. He's in his prime. And you know what? In three, four years, he'll be past his prime, unfortunately, you know, in tennis. But right now, the Joker. I mean, that torch is firmly in his hand. You can beat Nadal now, you on know, his court like that. Like I was gonna say, you know, like I root for Tiger. I, I still like to see Federer get one more. It seems like he he he's good enough to beat lower level guys, and he can get to the quarters and the semis. But he, I don't. Most people think he's done and he can't win another major. I'd like to see him just get one more, and that would put him at 18. You think Federer could do that? You know, a lot of things would have to happen. It'd have to be a good draw. So one of these draws, let's say, where Nadal and Djokovic meet in the quarterfinals, right? I don't think he can get through Nadal, Djokovic, Murray, you know, all at the same time. So he'd have to have right, a good right. draw. Right, right. Yeah. And maybe one guy, you know, is not playing at the top of his game. So it's possible Federer sneaks one more, but it would have to be the perfect situation. You know, maybe it's back at Wimbledon uh, on, you know, on on the grass. So I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but uh, maybe one more. I think the over under for him would probably be one in terms of majors. I don't think he can get two, but he might be able to sneak one more in. Yeah, definitely. You know what? Let's let's rock some beats and let's come back with the Stanley Cup final game one. The Blackhawks got that victory. Some MLB in our segment. Yo, that's my guy. Lightning, if they go down 0-2 at home, 
Now, granted, in the playoffs, they've played really well on the road, and definitely we saw that game seven, and they won, what, I think, what, game one and five in uh, in New York. So they they can do it, but against the Blackhawks, I don't know if you want to go down 0-2 going back to Chicago. No, you don't, but you got to figure to yourself, you outplayed Chicago, and if it wasn't for the Finnish sensation – <laughs> his name, Toivu Teravainen. Yeah, he yeah. basically single-handedly, you know, scored the goal, assisted on the other, and turned this game and maybe the series around. But if he did the hammer, he turned at, his mother out. <laughs> you ain't hidden in Tampa Bay, Hammer. Bay Hammer. Do about that. <laughs> so he really did. And if you want to look at the glass half full. You say to yourself, look, we had a lapse at the end of the third, but we outplayed them. We were the better team. It's our home ice. We need to take advantage of that, take care of business, and let's go. So if the Lightning win tonight or tomorrow, we're back on. Everything's good. If they lose, then you've got to be worried a little bit. Then you smell the sharks in the water. The blood is coming. Then it's uh, losing five. I mean, it's it's I you know it's never a must win unless that game sends you home, but this is a very important game for Tampa, especially you know, this considering is, Chicago has all the experience. Yes, definitely, and 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 can score quickly as you saw. That's the one thing; those guys they they can put the puck in the net real quickly. Hey, just to warm your heart, do you know? Now it's annoying when you see the remakes of Mad Max and all these other films, but did you know they're actually re-releasing the original Jaws in the theater this summer? That's pretty cool. You know, it'd be cheesy if they tried to remake it. You can't remake it. Don't do no CGI and remake Jaws. Yeah, it's a classic. It's, it's one, you know, but I, listen, you would think that they wouldn't do it with Mad Max, which was, you know, more of a cult. Not a cult film. It was still a big film, but... And uh, I can't see stuff like that. I'm sorry, I can't. But, you know, it's for the kids. It's for the kids. You know, it'd be funny to you see know. a reaction of a kid. Your kid's probably a little too young. But, you know, let's say a 10-year-old that goes to see Jaws. If they are missing something with the graphics, you know, if they say, like, don't say anything. You just go in with a 10, 11, 12-year-old. Yeah. And if they say something like, oh, my God, this movie looks so old and so, you know what I mean? If if they pick up on that or if they just sit in yeah. the and the story is so good that they're just like, wow, that I was scary. Like it was good that enough. Was a good movie. Don't you feel, I mean, even though it was old and, you know, you had the long sideburns, <laughs> don't you think it was, I just felt like it was good enough. I don't know. I thought so. I it think was, so, it was but built, it was in the 70s, so, you know. Yeah, no, but it was built know. on more mystery than technology. You know, it was intrigue and mystery and the, the score. The film had the great score, you know. I mean, look, it's it's no, it's not, um, what's Ray's favorite film? It's not the. Uh, <laughs> the replacement. <laughs> It's not the replacements, okay? <laughs> we got to go back to the sports movies. It's oh not the replacements, God. ladies and gentlemen, but it's a classic. And what a taste Friends is in it from Martha's Vineyard where they shot the film. And some of my friends were in the third one as well. But uh, the young kid, Chris Rebello, shout out to my boy Chris. You know, I grew up with him in the Vineyard. So, you know, I mean, that's um, – hey, it's, it's, a, it's a great film. A lot of fun. Let's talk a little baseball before we get to our segment, Ray. 
your boy Chris Bryant. Now he might get invited. You know, where you talked about Bryce Harper last show. Chris Bryant, he'd be excited and stoked, and he would definitely do the home run derby. The question is, do you feel like it's too early for this kid, or even the uh, Peterson kid, who, you know, Jock oh, Peterson shock. is hitting these shots, oh, moonshot. I mean, I mean, it's like he's he's got the what is it? They said it's four hundred and something on every uh, the average of his homer. I mean, it's like almost. I don't know. He's like, hey, what's going on, Josh? Are all these kids coming from Vegas? I know. This is like Brian and and and, and yeah, Jock and then Bryce um, Harper. Harper. <clears throat> it's crazy. I don't know. I tell you what. Yeah. I, I, you know what's what's impressing me though, is that these kids are so talented. And so it looks like they're so mature up there. You know, usually you come to the bigs and, and you're not ready. These kids are ready. And I tell you what, let me ask you a question. Do you carry a grudge? Because if you're Chris Bryant, for example, you know you're ready. The Cubs know you're ready. And yet they sent you down. He'll let go of it. He'll let go of it in five years. But he's I think because they're gonna to give go him, they're gonna give him the money. They're gonna give him the respect. I think he'll let go of it because they're gonna to start to win in Chicago. They're already okay. doing pretty good so far. So that decision so costs you like ten million dollars or something like that. I think he'll make is, it up. Okay. Endorsements, Chicago, the way baseball's hyping him up. I mean, this, this is a better question. So between Trout and Harper, and you're going to see Chris Bryant, and sometimes I see a couple commercials for Adam Jones, and, you know, I don't know, not nothing major, just ESPN stuff. But how come we're not marketing Andrew McCutcheon and Paul Goldschmidt? I feel like these guys, uh, two MVPs, right, and they've both been in the top three or four in MVP voting for the last three or four seasons, and they're both killing it. You know, uh, McCutcheon led the Pirates to the playoffs. Um, well, McCutcheon's you know, having a terrible year so far. He's starting to hit. Well, no, this, this year he start, yeah, he's starting to wake up. But he, but, but he plays center field, and he's got the glove, and he's you know, brought Pittsburgh back. He's been, been great. This is, you know, he's having a slow start. But you got to believe he's going to get back to it. And what it's about Paul question. in Arizona? It, I mean, well, I don't, I don't feel don't like it's fair. For the last two years, so I, I don't know. Is it the markets? Is it that? Well, Trout and, and Harper, they've been winning, I guess. Yeah. But McCutcheon was winning. I think it's a little winning. bit of everything. I think it's a little bit of everything. I mean, I, I don't know Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, I, I guess, you know, I've seen him interviewed here and there. But I feel like I, I see McCutcheon a little bit more. Um, and McCutcheon seems like a, a pretty marketable guy. So, yeah. to me, you're right. That that might be just Pittsburgh, small market. I mean, when was the last time we had a guy from Pittsburgh, uh, you know, on the national scene? I mean, like Dave Parker. Dave Parker. You know, Willie Stargell? Uh, no, so that's not know. fair. Bonds. No, Bonds and, and that crew. You're Bonds, like Bonds Slyke. and yeah, Slyke. Like that, that, yeah, that, that those guys. In the but they, didn't they were market huge. those guys. I mean, they, they were But well, baseball didn't market. Well, let's be fair. Even baseball Bonds, doesn't they even don't market didn't that well. really come on the scene <clears throat> as like a national figure until San No, Francisco. he wasn't Griffey and A-Rod and, yeah, no. 
and McGuire and Sosa. No, he wasn't. And that's probably what got him to start juicing, which is a shame. You know, but I feel that baseball, and I've told you this for years, and they've got to fix it. You, you've got to market your, your guys. How, why does the NBA get all these commercials? What, you, um, we can't see Trout with a Samsung commercial or Gatorade? I mean, what's wrong with these guys? Like, they need to, I mean, I don't understand it. You know what I mean? And think about all the summer products. These guys could be marketing for Lowe's and, and Home Depot and summer stuff. You know, food. I mean, they, no, they could be having right. funny commercials. I mean, you could be, you could do such creative stuff, thrown around, family fun, summer, baseball, out anything outdoors. You know what I mean? And you can and, start over again, even if you think you made some mistakes. You have a new set of young stars, twenty-seven uh, and younger, in the in Major yeah. League Baseball that you can start right now. Yeah, Kershaw and Miguel Chris Cabrera's Sale. And the, you know, the people that are yeah. a little bit older and whatever. Go with Sonny the guys Gray. 27 and younger. Yeah. I mean, there's so many stud pitchers right now. Think of the commercials, you know, like, oh, you know, my uh, my computer or my thing downloads as fast as a Kershaw fastball. You know what I mean? Like, the, the marketing opportunity, opportunities are countless. I want to say this. Teixeira is, is, is really carrying the Yankees. We got to give him some props, man. I mean, 41 ribbies. What did he hit? His 16th homer the other day. Good for him. Yeah, he he is. I mean, he's all that the Yankees need. Yeah, that's that. Look, he's still batting 245, but other than that, but the glove no, is still legit. The glove is always there, and that's to his credit. Always there. You know, as yeah. bad, uh, you know, as poorly as he's hitting. The gloves are always there, and now he's hitting homers and driving in runs, leading the American League. So g- give him credit. You know, I-, I don't know what happens to him early in the season, but he usually gets off to slow starts. So if you figure this is a slow, quote-unquote, a slow start for him, then, you know, second half might be even better. So I got a couple of questions for you. One, break down um, the, the Trumbo trade. My D-backs out here, they send Trumbo to the Mariners, which – if Cano wakes up his bat, and then you got Steger and Cruz, that could be uh, that could be good, right? That's exactly what the Mariners need was another hitter, and then maybe somebody. The problem is he doesn't hit for average, but he does hit bombs. And but so he'll be protected maybe, in that lineup where he well, wasn't so protected in Arizona. He'll be protected really. in, in in that lineup, and then maybe Robinson Cano can get out of his funk. Wake up, yeah. Yeah, what's your what what are your Arizona, you know, No, they're starting over young. Yeah, they they look, listen, it's Dave Stewart and it's uh Chip Hale, you know, he's with out there with Bob Melvin, Nays bench and and LaRusso's out here. So, they're building and, and trying to get solid pieces. Trumbo, they you know, he was signed from the old regime. It didn't really work out. He just he didn't step up last year, and he hasn't been so great this year. And they're building around Goldschmidt. Um, they got a young shortstop. You know, they're trying to get some arms. They got to get Archie Bradley right. They just put him on the DL. You know, since he came off, uh, he had a little injury. He should have done some minor league stints, and he's been horrible his first couple starts back. But um, you know, they brought up. Uh, I guess they're playing the Mets now, four game series. They brought up uh, this kid, Rob Ryan or Rob Ryan or whatever. So he's pitching tonight. So we'll see what happens. I think the D-backs are they're trying to build it right. So they're trying to build something for the long haul. 
So we'll see how that goes. Speaking Trumbull of the Met, was a wait, signing. What do you think about the Mets going oh, to the six-man six man rotation, rotation is on the way. Yeah, tonight, I love officially. it. Love it. I have no problem with it. I love it. I love it. Um, we'll see how they go in this series, four games here in Arizona. Um, you know, so they're, they should be able to sweep the D-backs or at least get, you know, they don't want to split. They need to get three out of four here uh, for the Mets. But I want to ask you about Tanaka, and what's up with Ellsbury? Is Ellsbury back? Is he coming back? What's the deal? So tell me about Tanaka and the Yanks and I think, Ellsbury. I think he should be close. I think uh, Tanaka is the key to the pitching staff. I think that with Pineda, you know what you're going to get, which is the top of the rotation guy. CC Sabathia has become a middle to bottom of the rotation guy. So yeah. if you're going you to need him to give you innings. And the Yankees have a great back end of the bullpen, uh, decent setup. And just just swept the Mariners, right? So, I mean, the Yankees yep. are what? They're still in uh, they're still first, in first? Just swept the Mariners, yeah. yeah. So. so if you can get something out of Masahiro Tanaka, then – the AL East looks weak enough that you may even have eyes Weak in the knees, yo. Yeah, I <laughs> can't so weak in the knees. <laughs> no, I was thinking weak in the knees. I'll make you feel all right three times. Dope. Oh, okay. Magnificent right. one. That's your man. That <laughs> you remember your man? <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, funny. it's – that is funny. But I don't know. So let's 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 do our segment. I did want to ask you this. Before we go to our segment, yo, yo, that's my guy, and the finals are getting ready to tip off. We'll take you up to tip off. Uh, I'm getting excited. I think it's going to be great. How good, really, is Jason Kipnis and then Kluger with the Indians? Can can they sort of wake up and, and, and I think they have too much to climb in terms of Minnesota, Detroit, and Kansas City, but – can Kipnis and Kluger sort of lead the way to right the ship, or the, the, the Indians but have I, to sort of get this I think right next season? They're in a bad neighborhood. They're in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. They got to play with the unbalanced. Like the, like the NFC West, 18, right? <laughs> yeah, eighteen or nine. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's like the St. Louis Rams. They're eight. You have to play eighteen or nineteen times against Detroit, Kansas City, and now Minnesota's pretty decent. And yeah. It's just too much. It's just too much for Cleveland. They're a good team. And the White and, Sox and are playing better. Had they gotten off to a better start, maybe this would have been, you know, something for them to to aspire to, but mm, not this year. I just but don't fa- think so. Yeah, and, fa- and uh, Frank Connor is a great manager, so I think they'll have a better second half, definitely. They're here to stay. They're definitely here to stay. So, yeah. uh, for sure. Hey, I think we got a caller, so let's uh, let's just pull in the caller. Yeah. See what's going on. Well, we might have some technical difficulties with the caller. Okay, we'll keep going. So, caller, you're on the air. Oh. Here we oh, go. Hey, what's up? What's Sorry up, Warren? Sorry to call you guys so late. All right, man. Sorry to call you guys so late, but let me get it in before the before the tip off happens. You well, you, you itching? I'm itching, man. I haven't changed my mind so, though in six. No, I know you got the Warriors in six. Ray, 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 and I—we got the, the the Cavs in seven. But who wins game one? I think the Warriors get game one. I would be. I, I think the Warriors get game one. I think Cleveland is game two. I think that there's so much time off for Cleveland that it's rough. There's going to be some rust there, and I just think that how they closed out the last series 
there's a level of there's no aggression. They can they they're not going to have that real playoff intensity until game two. I think they get. Hmm. I think they're going to split Oracle, and then I on agree. the road is where it's going to be interesting to me. Right, because you obviously if you think they split, then you think they get the, two the in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, but I really think a big part of it is where I believe that Kyrie Irving's health is going to be key. If he shows that he's gimpy, that's when they can. That's why I think it may go to six games. I just don't think he has a type of injury that can heal itself in nine days. I mean, he really needs an off season, and it's gonna. You know, we'll see. But if he, you know. He may have one or two good games, but I think the tendonitis is not going to go away in nine days. And those other things he has, he's, he's battling with, they'll start to nag him again because of the way that Golden State plays. He has to run around screens, he has to do a lot of stuff, he's going to get a lot of banging going on. I think that's going to be part of overall what's going to happen with maybe how they. That's why I think they're in six. I think if they're fully healthy, it will go seven. I just think that Kyrie Irving is not going to last the whole series at 75 or even 80%. Yeah, that's my concern. I I, I definitely agree with you. I, I just think um, that's why I think Cavs can get game one. I think the Warriors, that that boost of the crowd will get them going in the beginning, and then LeBron is going to show up like a little James Harden and be aggressive and get to the free throw line. And I think they're going to have to figure out how to match LeBron's aggression and defend him. And I think that's going to be a, a, like a roulette wheel from – Green to Barnes to Iguodala to whoever, you know what I mean? So that's why I got the mm-hmm. Cavs in game one. I think Kyrie will be at his best, drop 20 or so. So I think okay. everybody's going to be nervous, and home team role players tend to play better at home. Uh, so I think that that gives Golden State a slight edge. So I'm with you all. I think, I think they split, though. I think uh, Golden State wins game one, and the Cavs win game two. Yep. So, oh, stay on the line with us, man. Real quick, the show's about to end soon. We got our segment, Yo, That's My Guy. I'm going to go real fast. Ray and oh, the reason why I'm saying, yo, this is my guy is Dwayne Wade. And I feel like he's being disrespected in the media in Miami. I don't know if negotiations are fully broken or whatever, but they might mess around and lose him. And he's done too much for Pat Riley and the organization that got him their first ring, helped them get their second and their third. And to me, it's almost disrespectful. For his career, oh, he's the third best shooting guard ever behind Mikael Jordan and Kobe Bean Bryant, as we call him, the Black Mamba, 24 points, 5.9, basically six rebounds, I mean assists, and 4.9 rebounds for a career. This season, when he wasn't really healthy and he's never played a full 82 games, he still dropped 21, almost five and, and, and four assists and four rebounds. So bring him to New York. We'll take him. We'll go with Carmelo. Don't disrespect Dwayne Wade. Give him more than $10 million a year. I'm not saying he needs 20 Give him 18 17 in this new era. But I'm telling you, Dwayne Wade still got a season or two left in spurts. And, yo, that's my guy. Ray, you end the show. Who's your guy real quick? All right, real quick, Masahiro Tanaka. That's my guy. <laughs> he, didn't get, he didn't get this Tommy John surgery. He said, I'm going to fight it out. I'm going to rehab. And that's my Japanese homie. First of all, he's making $25 million, So anybody making $25 million, that's my guy. 
but <laughs> he's doing his thing to stay healthy and pitch for the Yankees. They only let him go 78 pitches last night, still went seven complete innings, nine strikeouts, one earned run. He's back, puts the Yankees in contention. Masahiro Tanaka, that's my guy. Let's go, LeBron. Do, 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 do. Let's go, LeBron. Great show. Oh, thanks for calling. We'll be back uh, Monday with a guest, right, Ray? Special guest, yeah. Thanks for calling, Thank Thanks for listening. Ray and Tate today, we're out.